So, Father, now the Lord, we come before you, establishing us the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We come before you today, establishing your presence here in this place right now, dear God. We need, we need you more than ever before. We need you to come nigh now, God. So send your Holy Spirit in this place, dear Father. Fill us with your anointing today, dear Lord. Shake down those things that are not like thee, Father. Replace them with your things that are holy and righteous, Father, from you. Yes, Lord. Today, God. Hallelujah, God. There's some things that we have in our hearts, some things that we need a move of God in our hearts right now, dear Lord. So, Father, speak to the situation, dear God. Speak prosperity. Speak healing. Speak deliverance. Yes, Hallelujah. Speak. I sanctify us, Father. Right now, Lord, set us apart, dear Lord, so we can fulfill all of what you have for us. Completely and absolutely, dear Lord. Yes, Lord. We have no fear. 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 Because we know the outcome is already established in the heavens, dear Lord. So bring it here now, dear Father. Let's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's in heaven. Let it be here, right here on earth, dear God. So, Lord, we cry out to you today. For these your people, Father. For the sound of my voice. I declare and decree a move of God in your life. Yes, yes, I declare and decree that you will not fall short of God's glory. I declare and decree that he'll continue to gird you up. And I, I declare and decree that he'll speak life to your situation that you've never experienced before. I declare and decree that this is holy ground. Yes, yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And that he's here. declare and decree a testimony is to come. If you only will believe. Father God, we seal these down, dear Lord, with your words, with your promises, with your love, and your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray, we all say amen, amen, amen. Give God a hand, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. This word, we're excited about what God is doing. Um, well, let's just stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. We're gonna read. Uh, we're gonna read something. Um, Luke the seventh chapter. Luke the seventh chapter. Amen. <laughs> I'm loving this. Luke the seventh chapter, thirty-six to thirty-eight verse. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Luke seven thirty-six to thirty-eight. Ah. Hey, God. <laughs> the fear factor. Here, it says here, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in town who lived in a sinful, who lived a sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. And she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. Well, blessed be to reading and hear the word of the Lord. Father God, we seal these, the scripture today, Lord. Well, let it be informative. Let it be empowering. Let it change lives today. And bless us now, dear Lord, in a very mighty, special way. And then Jesus, we pray we all said, amen. 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 Rest in the presence of the Most High God. Amen. So we're in the sermon series. We're in the sermon series. Uh, 
Maybe it's our last, our last one, the last of three weeks here. We've been doing collectively in the city of here, the city of Charlotte, over approximately 100 churches have gathered together and preaching on the same topic, the same message from the same scriptures, really sharing the good news of the gospel, how we create the art of neighboring. Someone say the art uh, of neighboring. Neighbor. Where we are really connected one to another because we are really in this all life thing, life thing together. So 60,000 people will hear these messages over these last three weeks. It's really a powerful time in the city. It's a historic time in the city because it's never been done before. Last year we did it. It was almost less about 60-some churches. This year it's 100. I'm believing there will be 300 churches doing it in the very near future, come next year or the year after. It's about 1,000 churches in Charlotte. So <coughs> for us to have a tie, the tenth of us doing it is impressive. Really, it is. It's from all different walks of life, all different cultures, all different uh, mannerisms, all different ways. It's got the Catholics, the Baptists, the, the Pentecostals, the, the Neo, the whatever it is, the not connected. I mean, there's a different variety of people doing this message because we believe, we believe that we can save this world for Christ. This, this, the series is all about the big C. The big C is the church, the big C church when we come together intentionally and follow the greatest commandment to love our neighbors as ourselves. We were talking the last few weeks about moving from being a stranger, <coughs> being a stranger to an acquaintance, to being in a relationship with your neighbors around you. That's important. From being a stranger, not knowing who they are, not knowing their names, not knowing where they're from, just seeing them in passing if you see them at all, to be an acquaintance, which means you just speak to them and pass it. Take out the trash, you say hi to your neighbor. You know, why do we always wave at our neighbors when we drive by? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you don't speak to me all the time. But when you're driving by, you hey, you know, like you know, I don't know you, but hey, you here. I'm gonna wave at you. We move past that to being in a place where we're in a relationship with them, where, you know, they're not stealing your packages, but they bring them to you. Amen. Ha <laughs> ha, someone. They don't steal them. Right? I'm always worried about that. But they don't steal them, by the way. Lord, don't let them steal my package. But, anyway, <laughs> but for those of us who have that problem, if you're in a relationship, you get to keep your packages. Amen? Amen? Last week, we dealt with things that are most selling. Three things that I think have really, God spoke to me. He's changing my life, and I'm, put, I'm implementing them now. My wife and I went on a staycation yesterday. It was a staycation. We... You know, we're still celebrating our anniversary. We, we decided that there's so many things in Charlotte we have not done, and that we need to be here Sunday morning. We did a staycation. So, but the big three things, I get that because, you know, I'm really trying to live this life, live these three things out now. Now that I have this strategy, this pattern of how to live my life. One of the things God told me was, we talked about last week, was strengthen your relationship with God. Increase your prayer life. So we're encouraging you guys to continue increase your prayer life. You know, to do that. Get up early in the morning. The first thing you should do, regardless of when you get up, is to pray. And not a simple prayer, but you know, if God is so powerful and all knowing has you in his in his hand, why not make that the first thing so you have a successful day? It really makes sense, right? Jesus did it. Why not? Why don't we do it? And the next thing he said, my strengthen my relationship with my spouse. Well, some of us don't have a spouse, so your family. Those who live in your house. And so we've been, we were intentional. <coughs> we were intentional. We went out and spent some time together Friday and Saturday. We are out of tune with what to do on Friday nights. I mean, if you're not at the bar drinking um, or at the club, mm, come to find out. There's not a whole lot to do in this city. Amen? But uh, we're working on that, you know. So we had went out Friday, had a good time. 
spent the whole day Saturday, and were blessed with a gift from whomever set up the church. Hey, thank you so very much for that. That was quite a good gift for us. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Came here and was like, she was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, okay. But uh, it worked out. <laughs> so thank you for whoever did that. Ron probably and, yeah. and Ronnie. I don't know who else. Yeah, thank you. And then a relationship with your health, with your health, with your health. So I get up in the morning, and I, the first thing I do, I, 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 I pray while I'm laying down, and I you know, get in my position. And then I drink me a glass of water, a cup of water, a, a bottle of water, that, 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 that good water. What's the name of that water you guys drink? Alkaline. 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 Well, I drink the alkaline water alkaline. in the morning and get my day started fresh, and, and then I get, get my smoothie going. I had a smoothie this morning, and it was... Really nasty, but healthy, but it was good for me. And so, um, <laughs> that kale, blueberry, blackberry smoothie Ooh, yeah, with that, some, that yes, there's some seeds in it, a variety of seeds and some other um, fiber. So I'm strong right now, mighty, feeling good to go, you know. So I'm attacking my health and going to the gym and, you know, get turning things around. Amen? Amen? So those three things make me a better person, make me a better person to serve my Lord better and so that every aspect of my life and your life as well will become will flourish because you take care of the, the you make the main thing the main thing right relationship with god amen relationship with those who live in your household those gonna be with you forever forever ever and then and then your health as well those are important things everything after that is gravy because that should take care of everything after that amen Amen. So today's the big idea. The big idea I want to share with you today is in order to take the great commandment seriously, we must be willing to engage with those who God has placed around us. That's why it's important that we have a relationship with God. That's why it's important that we take care of even those who live inside of our households. That's imperative. You can't do any of that without good health. But then if you take care of your household, which is your responsibility by the Bible, it says to love your neighbors as yourself. We're working on the neighbors. The, but we, it, takes, it takes a strategy. It takes without having any fear. We talked today about the fear factor. Let's get past the fear. Let's understand that we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to go and show the love that we have for God with our neighbors. Here in the scripture, Luke, the fifth chapter, verse 27, 28, it says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his booth. He said, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and what did he do? He followed him. Life is about obedience. Life is about obedience. See, last week I had a whole different sermon prepared. But Saturday, God said, this is important to him. Which means it needs to be important to me. Which means it needs to be important to those who I share with because it came directly from God. And it's been life-changing for me. And so, so me being obedient was like, whoa, this is meaning something. This is, this is moving me forward. It was a great day, my wife and I. It was one of the awesome weekends. We didn't go anywhere but stayed in Charlotte. Matter of fact, we had a, we, one time we had a, a, somebody gave us a hotel room for a conference for a couple of nights, a nice hotel, four-star hotel here in town. And Rachel was like, I'm not going to stay there because I like my bed. <laughs> I'm like, well, let's get, let's get, we act like we're away. We can act like we're away. You know, we in this, don't leave the hotel, we'll be away. 
And he's like, no, no, I don't know. I live 10 minutes from here. I'm going to go home to my bed. And I was like, okay. So even in that, so we didn't get a hotel this time. I didn't do it this time. We just went out and had a good time in the city. Had a good time in the city. Had a good time in the city because I'm being obedient to what God told me to do. Strengthen my relationship with my spouse, my wife. That's important. Being obedient. But yesterday, I saw a guy who I have great respect for now, which I didn't, I didn't understand him before. I didn't quite understand him. You may know him. His name, last name is West. First name is Kanye. Kanye West. So we got an invitation in the middle of the week to go to the, see uh, a, a special screening, a private screening of his new film, Jesus is King. It comes out October 25th. I, I encourage you to go and see the film. It was amazing. It wasn't long, but it, what it was was, you know, I, 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 I can appreciate somebody who has sold millions and millions of albums, records, made lots of money in the hip-hop community, and then do an about-face. He made some really drastic decisions politically, lost a lot of people. We were a little confused with what's going on. But somehow he said six months ago, he, so God spoke to him and changed his life. So I saw that we saw the film Jesus King. It was so impressive that, you know, it wasn't even about Kanye. It was about God. It wasn't even about Kanye. It was about God. But see, what, what people don't understand, my friend was like, he didn't like Kanye at all. He was cussing him out on Facebook. He just didn't like him at all. For my dear friends, John. But what I got to realize is, it is not about Kanye. And it shows us through what he's doing in his ministry, Sunday service. It's nowhere near about him. He may get some benefits from it. But you can't denounce when you feel the presence of God in the presence of God. So when they sing his glory to God, I, you know, regardless of what's going on, I know they're going for it. They're going for it. Those who are singing, they are going for it for the Lord. And then when Kanye steps in and participates, you can see the demeanor that comes across him. But what I'm saying about Kanye is the fact that he was obedient. He was like Levi. He was like Levi. Jesus said, follow me. And he dropped it and followed him. The testimony of this is he has a lot more to lose financially than we do. And he's traveling with a whole squad of 50 to 100, 150 people who are singing. So not like he's making money. He's actually probably losing money. Now I went and did some research on Kanye because I really don't know much about it. And I saw that he had a song, one of the filthiest, most vulgar songs in two minutes I've ever heard. But he had like five million, no, 500, almost 500 million views. Five, no, no, not five, 500 million views of a two-minute vulgarity. There was, it was uploaded beginning of January 2018. Now I say that because I want to put it in perspective how when, he, when Jesus told him to go and he went that 
where he was with his ministry, well, not his ministry, with his career, was expansive beyond what we normally can see in any entertainer. And he dropped that to follow Jesus. And so his Sunday service only had 39,000 views this past Sunday. But his vulgarity had 500 million views, which is more people in Canada and the United States together. That would mean that everybody in Canada, everybody in America would have saw this video. But when he did Sunday service, 39,000. So that's a sacrifice, but that's being obedient. See, God will bless you in the midst of your obedience. See, nothing greater than to follow God. I, I, you know, when you follow God, you know you can't lose. But here's this fear factor. We get afraid when fear is not what God is. God is the, just the total opposite of what fear is. God is waiting for us to say, here I am, Lord, use me. And for us, he tells us what to do and then says, I'll go. I keep reminding, I thank you guys for coming. I thank God for seeing you because this is an act of obedience to start a church. It's an act of obedience to come to a church plant. It's an act of obedience to get up every Sunday and Tuesday and come to church. It's an act of obedience to do. But I'm guaranteeing you this. God is blessing us. He's blessing you because you're following along with what is what he said to do. It's a blessing. I'm ecstatic about it because I know on the other side is a bigger blessing. I'm excited. I'm excited about today. We have a new camera system going today. We've got a new sound system going today. I mean, we're advancing to prepare for the kingdom. It's an awesome experience to see. I, I like what this seed offering is doing because I see this going to bring forth a great harvest down the road. You know, when you start something new, it starts off small, but you got to cultivate it, develop it, you know, shape it, form it, build it up, and then ah, ah. <laughs> Luke 5, 29 says this, And Levi held a banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Life is about sharing the gospel. See, when Levi decided to follow Jesus, he followed him, but he didn't go alone. It's not about just us following Jesus. It's about us, once we commit to him, to bring somebody alongside of us. Now, see, these are not the best of people. These are tax collectors. I don't know about you, but the IRS has never been a friend of mine. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Matter of fact, matter of fact, there's an initiative right now. They've asked us to support where they take, a, a, I think, a quarter of a cent tax on for some things that increase the arts and culture here in the, in the city of Charlotte, in the county of Charlotte, actually, Mecklenburg County. And, I, you know, but who wants to pay more taxes? But, some, but how, if you don't have the taxes, how are you going to have the services? I mean, it comes one and the same. You don't want to do it, but sometimes you got to do it to get the services. You know, also, you know, America pays far less in taxes than most places in the world. 
We do. You know, Sweden has the longest, one of the longest lifespans in the world, and they have universal health care. They have retirement. A, a woman can take a one-year mater, maternity leave, but they are taxed at about 50%, 50 to 52%. But at the same time, they live better. Quality of life is better. Length of life is better. You know, the city is clean. The communities are clean. It's better. You know, and they're still making money. So not like they're not making money, but they pay a higher taxes. In America, we want all those things, but we don't have all those things. In Sweden, you don't you go to college for free. In America, you pay for it. So they're advancing themselves because they collectively understand to take care of their neighbor is their responsibility. We here in America talk that talk, we don't walk that walk. We say we're taking we take care of our neighbors, but if you watch the news every day, my goodness, you'll be worried. My goodness, you would think that we we're about to enter into a split in this nation. But, you know, my concern is like, I'm not concerned. Because I serve God. And for us in the black community, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. For us in the black community, when has it not been difficult? When has the country not been split on us? <laughs> One third of black men under the age of 40, or in the justice system somehow, some way. And, and, and out of that, when you're in the justice system, if you're locked up, it says in the Constitution, you are a slave. Yes. So what they're doing is, they are enslaving us as we were their neighbors. Last Sunday, they said they're going to close down Rikers Island jail out of New York, which is a big deal, right? But they didn't tell you they're going to build three skyscrapers to imprison more people. People, we are under attack here in America. And we don't even understand the abuse that we're going through because we're so accustomed to being enslaved. But we can't stop. He can't let this happen. We got to be able to share the gospel in a true sense of the way so people can understand how you can live free and then go about your life understanding that God has your back. If you know that you can live your life without fear of what society is doing, how much more you can advance yourself, your family, your community. If we're going to grab hold of who God truly is. See, Levi understood, even as a tax collector, is one that nobody likes. He understood that he was on the Although he was connected, he was on the outskirts, stretch, outskirts, outskirts of those who people like. We are those people. We, we are not liked by everybody here in America. I mean, it's crazy, but that's okay. It's okay. What I like about us in this country is we have been through so much, we are still connected to the gospel. We, we, we still, you know, and then people talk about the Christianity being the white man's religion. Let me tell you something. Jesus that I serve hid in Africa. Jesus that I serve said had skin like burnt bronze. Jesus that I know had hair like wool. Jesus that I know, I, I, mean, I, I mean, maybe it was given to me one way, but I'm, I, I'm digesting it a different way now. Yeah. I see myself in it now. Yes. I'm liberated now more than ever before because Jesus was like a brother to me. You know, he looked yeah. like my brother. 
It's holistic. It's I, I, I connect with Christianity more now than I did as a young as a child when I was in Catholic school. I didn't understand Christianity as a Catholic in Catholic school. I didn't understand it as a Lutheran. I was in a Lutheran school at the Catholic school. Man, my parents were just doing something with me, weren't they? Confusing me. Take me to then go to Baptist church. <coughs> Left the Baptist church and go to church. My grandmother was a Pentecostal church. So I went to a Catholic school, a Baptist church in the morning, and then went to a Pentecostal church because they didn't last, they lasted at 3 or 4 o'clock. So you can catch them at the end. And I did all that in a Sunday. <laughs> you know? But the gospel was going for them. See, what I also like about Levi is this. He understood that how you spend your money and how you spend your time is how you view your possessions. It will cause others to confront their many of their fears. See, Levi not only had captured the thought that he had to follow Jesus, he knew that he had to invest his money in moving Jesus forward. You know, there was a cost that came along with it. See, the art of neighboring is, if I really love you, want to see you get to the other side, it's going to cost me something, some time to advance you into this calling of called Christianity. Levi understood that he committed to follow Jesus, but he also understood that I have to pour into this. It costs me. So he brought his friend. He, brought, he had a dinner at his house, which cost him. It cost. We can't separate the fact that it cost. It cost. Coffee cost. Dinner cost. Gifts at Christmas cost. But see, when, but see, the beautiful thing is what you spend for the kingdom to advance the kingdom, God blesses that and multiplies it. It's okay. Let's get busy with it because life is about sharing the gospel no matter what it costs. I'm sorry, it's part of the process. You know, my wife does these Christmas gifts every year, and she doesn't spend a whole lot of money. I mentioned this before. She doesn't spend a whole lot of money on it, but she, we wrap it up really nice, and we take it to our neighbors. It costs us something to do. And we take it to our neighbors, and now they know our names. We know their names. We didn't know before. Now we know it. When something happens in the community, we have a relationship now. When a person came to buy somewhere next to us, they asked, how are we as neighbors? They say, oh, they're great neighbors. They never there. I don't know how we great, but hey, they say oh, they're great neighbors. That's because we were working sincerely to build a relationship with those around us. Because, you know, when, when, when that hurricane comes, you're going to want to know your neighbors. Mm. Share the gospel. But now we're in a relationship, and now they've even come to church. Before sharing the gospel, and when when they're sick and they have, you know, when my friends, my neighbor's father was ill, who did he come to for prayer? Because we were in a relationship, and we could speak into their life. So when he wanted to donate a car, who did he donate the car to? The church. Because we're in a relationship. We're sharing the gospel. And people need to know that people love them regardless of what the situation is. It doesn't matter what it is. I love you so much that I will speak life into your situation because 
That's my responsibility as a believer. That's our responsibility as believers of the gospel. But life is all about saving sinners. Third lesson, life is about saving sinners. Luke 5, 30, 32. It says this, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to this said, complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And I'm going to say it again. Jesus answered, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Where are your sinners? When was the last time you went around some sinners? Now, I know, we all sin and say, but no, I'm talking about some sinners. I'm talking about those who just look, look, I know I'm probably going to hell type of sinners. Someone's like, I got somebody in my house like that. <coughs> you know, some my friends. But I remember in Boston, and we'd go out on Friday nights with three of the guys. we put on our black suits and our collars when you go out into the hood of Roxbury, Dorchester, Mattapan. And the, you know, if you know anything about Boston, Roxbury is it's the hood. It's the hood. And, and we would go out on Friday nights. We would worship first and go out around midnight and we would go out right on the block where the brothers were. Where well, there was a, it was a homicide that week, we would go right where the homicide was that Friday night. And we would spend time with them. I remember guys pull up, pull guns on us because they didn't know who we were. I mean, you, you know, you have a collar on, but are you undercover? They didn't know who we were. And it was like, brother, we're here because, you know, we love you. It took a certain kind of audacity to do that. And I think back over that, and I'm like, man, that was pretty crazy. But we were so in love with Jesus. We were so in love with our community. We were so in love with the aspect of we're going to show people that we love them in regards to them sinful ways. There's some brothers out here who are about it. It was glorious. It's the first time I've seen a brother, and I know it can be true because I saw him do it. He prayed away the rain. We got out the car, and he prayed to the sky and asked for it to stop raining. And it stopped immediately. And then when he came back, we got back to the cars. The rain started coming back down. So I know that what we were doing, God had blessed it and needed to go forward because he made a way. Brother Dwight Ford, <laughs> pastor now in Illinois. So when you have on a mission for God, you're out trying to save sinners. Because see, Jesus supports you saving sinners. He'll make a way. Well, it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense that you can pray to the sky and it stops raining on the city, not just you. But God wants us to go forward. And he will provide the method, the resources, and the manner as to how you go out and save sinners. But what he's saying to us, it's the art of neighboring. I'm not asking you to save the city. We're asking you to go out and talk to people who you see all the time. All the time. <coughs> From this passage of scripture, we see 
Jesus often made religious people uncomfortable because of the people that he spent time with. See, the tax collector went around and he had these Pharisees and teachers of the law who belonged to their sect. Now, they were those who really didn't, you know, like, these are the people who you want to be around. Tax collectors, nobody you want to be around. But Jesus said, I, you know, I want to go where the sinners are. We got to go where the sinners are. There's no fear when you represent the goodness and glorious nature of God. There's no fear in that. You don't have to worry about what the neighbors are going to say, what they're going to do, what their response is going to be, because this is what Jesus was doing. He called us to do it too. To speak to the sinners. That's exciting. <laughs> when was the last time we were accused of being friends with sketchy people? I know I, I, I have the un unusual, I, I live some time, and I pick up some of the most shadiest people. I tell them I'm a pastor, and you know, let me tell you, people who are, people who are about being about their life in the streets or whatever they do in the clubs, they also want to be saved too. They just don't have anybody whom they can come in contact with because they go from their house to their sinful destination to the next sinful destination back to their house. And so you don't, in that triangle of life, they, they haven't had a chance to even have a conversation with somebody who wants to say, I love you in spite of your situation. In spite of you going to the strip club, I, I, you know, one, like, come on, I can't go in, but I'm going to love you. I'll be right here waiting on you because of y'all. It weren't for y'all, I'd go in so I can be a witness. But people get confused. Why are you in the strip club? <laughs> they get confused. But besides all that, we're not asking you to go to the strip club or to the bar or to some extreme places, all we ask you to do is go to your neighbor's door, be in your front yard. See, there is an extreme. No one said go to Onyx. They said go to your next door and speak to your neighbors. See how much easier that is? If you think about what the alternative is, then going right next door, it sounds so much easier than going to the epicenter. And standing out and passing out flyers, right? So let's be about the art of neighboring. Let's be about, it says here, one of Luke 7, chapter 36, verse 38, verse it says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman at the town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. See, a woman that, in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. See, even she knew who he was and knew to give the, the best that she had to him. So you don't have to fear those who are living a sinful life because they know that when the anointing of God is upon you, they know to come to you in a certain way that you don't have to be afraid of the interaction with somebody who's in sinful nature. I told you, it's a cycle of sinful destinations, and you are the clog in the road to stop that process from continuing. And they want to be saved. Trust me, they want to they know God. They know God exists. Rachel was telling me that a woman in her job 
is an atheist and totally against praying. You're like, why are we praying at work? But then when her dog was sick, and it'll cost thousands of dollars because the dog had cancer, she said, could you pray for my... But see, because even, even in the midst of intellectualizing how they don't be connected with God, the reality is when all else has failed, mm -hmm. they go back to what they know is real. That's right. <laughs> well, that's true. They go back to what they know is real. So that erases all reason to be afraid or have any fear at all. There's no fear in it because they want to hear from us. Please pray a little bit before you get out of here. They want to hear from us. It says, verse 38, she stood behind him at his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. See, she knew in her own simple way, she knew who he was. And she gave all that she knew to do, but she didn't know what the best way to go about it. But what she did know was she had her tears. It was a personal offering to God. She knew that, I, you know, I'm not probably worthy of this, but this is all that I have. This is the best that I have. And, you know, what I love about this, I take this from Kanye and from others who live lives of obedience, is the fact that they're not worried about what it costs. She wasn't worried about the cost because, see, that perfume was expensive. But when you're glorifying God and advancing God's kingdom, You'll spend what you have. One thing the Bible teaches me, and he said about my wife, is that you spend your money where your heart is. If you want to know you're a financial advisor, you find out what people's heart is where they spend their money, you know what's important to them. Immediately. You know what's important to them. And part of that thing about love my wife, he was like, and you spend your money on her. Because <laughs> if I really love her, where you spend your money where your heart is. So I spend my money on her too. And it freed me up because, you know, as men, we want to, but then you're like, hey, but you know, but you want them, but then I think, man, I got them. Got them shoes, you know. But now I find more joy in it. And now think of that being the joy that I have for God. I find more joy in it. I've never missed a meal given to the church. I never missed the car. I never missed paying my bills. Some may be late in the past, but ultimately they get paid. Because when you, when you spend my resources on God, God understands the act of obedience. And he blesses. So we did this church, I've never only given 10%. I've never only given 10%. I don't even know the percentage that I give, but I know it's way more than 10% of what I have. Sometimes it's half. We're going forward. And that's exciting because God has a way of showing up. And showing himself strong. So, 
I challenge you. Act on the art of neighboring. And we're going to make it easy for you. November 9th, November 9th, we're having the Shopton, what is it called here? The Shopton Square, Shopton Square Community Festival. The Shopton Square Community Festival on Saturday, November 9th at 3.30. Make it easy for you. I was going to ask you to do a block party or have some dinner at your house. Nah, you can do that. That'd be great. But just come on by Saturday, November 9th on the corner of Shopton and, and Still Creek or Shopton and, and uh, 160. And then hang out with us for the community. We'll have some for, for our discounted food and bounce houses and there's some restaurants there. Some of the nicest restaurants. Some you got the, the, the Thai and Japanese restaurant, the American restaurant, and the, the Jamaican restaurant. Get you a haircut while you're there as well. And get your clean, clothes cleaned. And I don't know what all you can do there. Get some cupcakes and uh, ice cream. And some of the best ice cream in the land is there. So we're going to be a glorious time. But you can invite your neighbors. Invite your neighbors. It's an easy way to connect with your neighbors. You don't, you don't have to do it, set up anything. Just tell them, come on and join us on November 9th at 3.30. It's free. Bring the family and the kids. Stand to your feet, please. So, this is the last of a series of three Sundays where we discuss the art of neighboring. But today I want to just drill down in you. It's the fear factor we don't have to worry about anymore. That thing that keeps us from being connected to our families and our communities and our neighbors and the like to move from stranger to acquaintance to in a relationship with them. But we can speak into their life. But let me tell you, it's not just about our neighbors. It's really about our calling in general. We learn from Levi is the fact that even in the midst of it, he forego his task collecting to follow Jesus. Sometimes you got to move out your comfortable space and do what God has called you to do. And when he did it, he said, follow me. Then he went, he went and reached out and got somebody else. See, when you get through, it's our responsibility to reach back and get our brother too, our sister too. I'm not talking about those who are in your family. I'm talking about those who are in your circle of influence. See, he didn't go get his, he didn't go get his mother, his daughter, and then say that he said he went and got other tax collectors, which means he went into the workplace, into the marketplace, into the circle of influence, and he brought them closer to Christ in, the, in his presence. He had no fear of what they were going to say, because see, as tax collectors and him being Jesus, there was not going to be a positive conversation. He didn't care about that. He cared about the fact that I know what this relationship has meant to me and the goodness and greatness I feel through the experience of it. I'm saved and I want you to be saved too. That's what he did. So God is telling us, move from stranger, from acquaintance to be in a relationship and bring those along with us as well. But some of us here today may be afraid or maybe uh, distant from thinking about it, may even just don't know how to take the first step. Maybe some of us are saying, you know, I don't have the tools or the, or, or the skill set, I, or I, I don't even know who my neighbors are, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm afraid to take that step. But I'm telling you here today, God is saying, follow me. Follow me. Trust me. Believe in me. Understand you've been set free. Father God.